0: This is Fly Perbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Two guys wondering just how early Phil Kessel has to start making his hot dog turkey for Thanksgiving. Yes, that's a turkey made out of hot dogs. Another year, another fly purpley Halloween, and sadly, maybe sadly, maybe not sadly, uh, no sighting of our friend the rat in South Philadelphia, for those of you unfamiliar, uh, about a year ago, I experienced the the glory of a giant rat moseying his way down my block in South Philly on Halloween, scaring the crap out of children <laughs> and all that fun stuff. But if you'd like to hear that full story, listen to the fly perfectly episode from, I think, November 1st or November 2nd last year. It's a good one. But uh, our friend, the rat nowhere to be found. And uh, I'm OK with that. Although I, I do think I felt his spirit in on the block tonight craig
1: i i mean i i'm a little upset we didn't get to see our friend to be honest i know i know it's a rat and i know you don't want to see that on your city block but uh, i mean he's a friend yeah i mean he's he's up there when it comes to rat. he's probably my top ranked rat right
0: oh yeah I he's mean, number one number one tim i mean i guess Chuck cheese. Cheese a
1: little. Yeah. yeah i mean that's probably about it right ratatouille yeah, he's
0: probably technically a mouse to not scare children but you know details yeah
1: Wait, wait, was Ratatouille, that was a rat, or was like, it was a... Oh, was no, it? that's a rat. Okay. I mean, he would probably be third, right? He's got to be third.
0: Yeah, sure, it's He's a great cook, great chef.
1: Yeah, that doesn't mean shit. I don't want my rat cooking food, though. That's a problem.
0: That's the <laughs> entire like... basis of the movie.
1: <laughs> well, I guess i The entire, uh, I guess the entire
0: basis of the movie is that the rat is pulling on the hair of the human to move his arms, and really, he's doing all the work while the human's taking credit for it.
1: Okay. All right. Well that's the metaphor it. for art. Okay. So I mean, uh, so he's third to me still. But I you know, I, I wish we did see our friend, is what I'm saying. At the end of the day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no no our friend, but some great, great South Philly interactions, including my favorite from one of my neighbors, where a guy comes up and goes, Yo, you dressed up as an Uber driver? And the other guy says, Oh, what are you dressed up as a jerk off?
1: Oh, that's a pretty good slam. That's, that's a, pretty a pretty good.
0: pretty good slam. That's some that's South pretty good yeah. slamming right there.
1: <laughs> some SPS and yeah.
0: SPS, like big time SPS. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll I'll be honest. Uh, at where I am, not a lot of Halloween stuff up, and it's kind of depressing. This is the least Halloween I've ever felt in my life. I, like Great I was telling you, not
0: visiting your neck of the woods.
1: Like I guess. I mean, I'm you know I'm going. I'm going out. And I'm not seeing any. Spooky costumes or anything on the walls. There's there's nothing indicating Halloween is happening in this town, and I'm gonna I'm pulling this on everybody else. Uh, I I do enough around here. I don't need to also remind everybody it's Halloween. So are you
0: in one of those towns that does like Halloween like a week after <laughs> on a safe Saturday
1: night? No, not at all. I think people around here are just lazy slash are too busy to focus on Halloween, which doesn't feel right. But I guess that's I guess that it's more statement on society, Steve.
0: It is more of a statement on society. It's sad, sad society.
1: But I'm uh, I'm enjoying this Cardinals 49ers game on Halloween. (laughs) that's the most. You know what?
0: Actually, shockingly decent game between the Cardinals and the 49ers on Halloween.
1: They're both not completely wasteless, which is a nice change of pace for these two teams. uh, In the last 20 years. Well, the
0: Cardinals have like a really their record showing three, four and one is just bizarre. It is like
1: (laughs) yeah, it's a weird record.
0: It's like a combination.
1: But usually they have like, they were pretty bad. Last, I mean, obviously they're pretty bad last year, but even like two years ago, damn, they got like fucking five wins the last couple of years. Don't they?
0: Who knows? Think combined.
1: Yeah. You want to make this an uh, Arizona Cardinals podcast second?
0: You do. Yeah. It, it, it's okay. Arizona Cardinals, Coyotes. It's all the Arizona sports right here.
1: I can get, Hey, look as a person who's pushing to become manager of five for Allen for a long time. And for some reason, didn't get the right connection at SB Nation. Um, <laughs> I'm fine with I'm fine with uh, going with the Arizona teams. I, like, what if, can't get behind what the if all backs. you
0: had to do for that gig was move out to move out to Arizona. All right. well,
1: to I Arizona. don't know if I don't know if I love the name five for howling enough to go out to Arizona. I, I think we should just change I think we should change Broad Street hockey to five for flyers or so make just make everything five for whatever. I think that's what they should go off of at as nation. That's my thought. It's not a like good like one. Like that shitty oh,
0: band Five for Fighting.
1: Yeah, yeah, like that. what was their? They had one song.
0: Was it was it one of the any Superman theme songs from the early 2000s? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably was. Yeah, I remember something back like back yeah like two thousand five or six or something.
0: Like were they the ones like, that did the like I'm more than a bird, I'm more than a plane?
1: <laughs> yeah, something like that. I, I honestly, I I couldn't tell you. But they, uh, they're still out there, I guess.
0: Sure, why not? Nah. why not? Before we get into the full hockey, I had one more South Philly <laughs> Halloween tale. Uh, M, my my uh, wonderful girlfriend, M, was on the subway home, and there was a little kid who farted on the subway car and yelled, <laughs> "Everybody, get off my stank train!" <laughs>
1: Can we get can we get that kid on the podcast?
0: I would love to get that kid on the podcast.
1: Did I catch a name or a license plate? We gotta get that kid up
0: here. We gotta get the stank train kid on,
1: yeah. on the that, podcast. He was I just
0: want him to talk about the flyers every week and just, you know,
1: <laughs>
0: just and say that about the flyers. Everybody <laughs> get off my stank train. And that's just pertaining to the flyer sucking, which was very, very unfortunately relevant for this episode
1: yeah but it's uh i like that though i've i'm actually i'm jealous i didn't think of that before that kid so if you guys see a a, a large red-headed man farting on subways yelling that you now know what the origin story of that is pretty <laughs> 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 it's uh the kid's my hero i'm uh you got any more Halloween stories I really don't want to talk about the flowers right now so if you want to keep talking about Halloween we can we can just keep doing that
0: that's pretty much the best I got for Halloween this year. So, All
1: right, fuck, so we got to talk sorry about, not sorry,
0: we got to yeah. talk about the Philadelphia hockey flyers who have not had a good stretch culminating in an embarrassing seven one loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins, our hated rivals, those coleslaw slinging scumbags to the West.
1: Yeah. And, uh, there's really uh, no fucking excuse. There was no excuse for what happened on Tuesday. Uh, uh, the schedule thing isn't a factor anymore. They're not traveling to Prague and coming back. Uh, it wasn't a back-to-back. They should have motivation because the hell should they have played on Sunday and also it's the Penguins. And no they, Malkin? No Malkin. Uh, should have at least showed up, and they didn't even do that. So I think Tuesday, Tuesday was hands down the most upset I've been with this team this year, which, you know. 11 games in let's see how long it takes before the next one. but it's uh i i thought they've looked good before that i mean the sunday's game was terrible but i thought there's a little i mean you know you had that comeback on saturday you score five goals in the third i can imagine the emotional reset the next day you're not really excited to go out and finish the second half of a back-to-back i can get that if you come out and then also play well on tuesday but the back, to back, uh, burn the tape games. Not really, uh, not really encouraging, in my opinion.
0: No, not quite. Not quite encouraging, and just, whew, just a rough stretch. the The goaltending has just disintegrated in front of our eyes. Yeah. It's it's basically the end of uh, Indiana Jones with the guy's face melting and everybody screaming. So that's the Flyers goaltending right now. Brian Elliott, third start of the week last week, and. Then he comes out and just no good against the Penguins. And look, you can't blame Brian Elliott too much. He is 76 years old. There's only so much a man of his age can do against Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think I want to... The defense is at fault a lot for this game and the Islanders the game too, I'll say. Brian Elliott had some bad goals on Saturday. And he had, to, I mean, he had some shitty goals yesterday against the Penguins. Uh, or two days ago against the penguins but yeah I, i mean he's for being 140 years old he's really out outworked what he we expected out of him he's done pretty well so far i mean i didn't expect to see him this early this often but i guess that's the situation we're in now uh i mean i think carter hart will be fine after friday that's my guess that's my bold stance but actually, it's like I told you, you I right think there, like so. Gritty's
0: taking him around and, and just trying to get him in the sun. Make sure he's getting enough vitamin <laughs> D saying, like hey, you know, Carter, you all right, bud?
1: Hey, but you hanging in there, chief? What, how's uh, how's this going?
0: I think Gritty's giving him like a little shoulder massage saying, hey, just, just let it all. Take it know, easy. Just, right. It's just not just that relax, big. Relax, man. It's cool. It's cool. Give him that sleepy time tea late at night.
1: Yeah. So he's like, yeah, this town's used to not having goalies. Don't worry about it. That's cool. No, I think this is I think not the first Friday.
0: time. This is not the last time this will happen.
1: <laughs> give him, uh, given the nice playoff-bound Devils, a rebound against a team he's already played and won against. And again, Friday should be another game that the team wants to come out and kind of, uh, you know, prove that they're not bad again. But these last two games are not. It, it's a uh, it's a real weird time to be positive about this team, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. And there's a lot of other things that indicate they're playing well, but man, I don't know. Do you want to talk about, uh, you want know, to talk about these call-ups real quick? Cause I want to do talk about,
0: I, do I ever want to talk about these call-ups?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I will say this. If Hag, Pitlick, and Chris Stewart never play a game for the Flyers again, I think I'll be fine. I Chris think I'll Stewart,
0: Don't talk to me. About Chris Stewart. That man is the heart of this team. Only one who will still fight on the Flyers. What are the Flyers without fighting?
1: I true. won't hear
0: another word smirching the fine name of Chris Stewart.
1: <laughs> I think he's got three fights so far, if not mistaken. And uh, the Flyers have lost all three games he's fought in. Not the reason they've lost, but, you know, not exactly a, a positive sign if you're looking for a wide why well, they should keep him around I, I don't know. the you know i i was gonna not care about stewart but now that they made these call-ups and it looks like he's still gonna be in friday even though it looks like av is acknowledging that the bottom six is a mess right now that's a little it becomes a little worrisome because uh, now he's gonna start getting a little bit of the preferential latera treatment and he's gonna keep making it into the lineup for no reason at all and uh like I said before, and now that he's called one of the few call-ups, like I feel like Torinsky does the same thing that Stewart would bring, except he's just—I feel like he's got more offensive upside, and he's probably quicker. Uh, but apparently, they're going to be on the same fourth line on Friday, so the call—baby, oh, so, yeah, get excited—the <laughs> call-up. So are Phil Myers, German Rubsoff, aka the Germ,
0: the Germ
1: on bad days, Ruby, and then Carson Torinsky. Mikhail Vorobiev was sent down, and so was Samuel Morin, but he was sent down on a conditioning stint, and then Scott Lawton was placed on IR. The Flyers currently have $696,111 in cap space. Uh, but I like I like all these moves. Uh, I mean, I liked Vorobiev. I can understand why they sent him down. Uh, didn't have the best game against Pittsburgh. And also, if you want to shake things up in the bottom six, I mean, that's he's a fine person to move down. I would have suggested Stewart sit <laughs> and maybe bring him Bruce off and put him on the wing. Uh, even though maybe he doesn't necessarily play there that often, but I think, uh, I think a fourth line with, uh, without Chris Stewart and with uh, Bruce off and Verbi, would have been fine, but
0: Craig, do you remember when you said you were fine with the Chris Stewart signing? Do you still feel that way?
1: I, I, I mean, Now, I'm leaning towards no. If he keeps surviving these lineup shuffles, then no. I mean, he was being put... He was getting sit a couple games early in the year. I don't know why... I mean, uh, there's there's nothing in the way he's played the last couple of games that would stick out as a reason to keep him in the lineup, if that makes sense. Like That's not been... what a
0: Chris Stewart does. A Chris Stewart does not give you a substantial reason to keep him. <laughs> in... him but that, that's the thing with guys like this, with these bruisers, with these these heart and soul and grit guys, is yeah. they don't actually do anything to keep themselves in the lineup besides just be tough. So yeah. they see and... him out there being tough and fighting, and they said. Keep doing what you're doing, Chris.
1: Well, I think that's why I loved Wayne Simmons. Well, everybody loved Wayne Simmons, but part of the reason why I really loved Wayne Simmons is because I've always hated this, especially this role, just a guy that fights and literally doesn't really do anything else. Like, I think Chris Stewart's past the point where he can chip in anything else for you. So now he's just, he feels like the enforcers of the past, like the Riley Cotes or the Zach Rinaldos who aren't going to bring you anything else. But with Wayne Simmons, you got 30 goals a year and a guy that will just beat the shit out of everybody. So I was fine with that. If you if you want to go get a Chris Stewart that can also pitch in 25 goals a year, okay, but I th- – so the last couple games here.
0: But that's not uh, what Chris Stewart does. That's the thing, and that's why yeah. I think a lot of people weren't happy with that signing is yeah. he, he doesn't do that. He does this, and I, we all knew that. That's the player he is. And as I've said before, it wasn't just a – Look, I'm not defending Dave Hackstall here, but right. Dave Hackstall wasn't the only coach who's made, who makes these inexplicable decisions to put in these guys that really don't belong in a modern NHL lineup. And here's Chris Stewart. And that's because coaches like to add these sandpaper guys, even though they don't really bring that much else to the table.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, uh, we we heard the horror stories of AV with Tanner glass in New York. So yeah, right. It's not just Hackstall. Um, I think the reason why I'm starting to not like it is just because, I mean, not the end of the world yet. So, I don't know. But they've, the first couple of games, they looked like a different team. So, if you have a competent top nine with like eight forwards that are useful and you're still waiting on Patrick to return, it looks like the defense got better. Like, if the team overall looks better and Chris Stewart's going to play five minutes a night, it wasn't like there's so like, I would have just been happy that this team was good again. And they actually had things to build upon. I wasn't going to be upset that Chris Stewart was getting five minutes tonight if they were winning games, but now some of the problems from last year are still there. If you look at the last couple games and then Chris Stewart is just, they don't think Chris Stewart is the problem in the bottom six, which he's not the entire problem, but he's not exactly helping the cause. So now it's kind of, I don't know, like it, I he's definitely a good.
0: scapegoat for at least my my poking fun here, but also <laughs> well, doesn't.
1: Yeah. Uh, don't get it wrong; like he's been bad, like he like he hasn't been doing much out there. But he isn't the reason why the whole the whole the, the bottom six has kind of been getting caved in uh, the last couple games here. I don't know what they. I don't know what the benefit of having Stewart in the lineup is because he. I understand the physical appeal, but it, it's all. I feel like everything he can do, Turinsky could just do better and it's not like he the reason why i would have been fine with stewart was i thought if he came here he would be playing fourth line minutes while the other three lines are good the overall team looked better and it would be a thing that we would have complained about as flyers fans the last couple years because team overall would have been a real pain in the ass to watch but i thought maybe the Flyers, the flyers do look like they're gonna be more fun to watch this year i thought maybe that kind of saw from the blow but he's been atrocious at five and five, like in terms of just anything, uh, the, and that it's a theory in the numbers, the last three games, uh, at five and five, the line he's played the most with, uh, while he's out there, they have not registered a shot on goal. Ooh. And they've had a 25 Corsi four percentage or worse in each game. And also they've had a 10 expected goals, four percentage or worse in each game. So,
0: now, Craig, Blue. for the non-nerds listening, for the, geocs, <laughs> the cool people listening, is that bad?
1: Uh, it's very bad. Hashtag very bad. <laughs> I don't think it's a hashtag. But anyway, the yeah, Corsi 4% is
0: real buy it.
1: Corsi 4, both those numbers you want to be at 50% or better, because that means you are getting half the shot attempts and half of the high quality chances or better. And usually some of the worst players in the league you know obviously over larger sample sizes so you're going to get crazier ranges for one game sample sizes here but you know over a year a really bad defenseman is like under 45 that's like a handful of guys in the league are under 45 for each and it's it's gross but for single games they can go anywhere from zero to 100 but it's not really good if you get a string of games like this where against the blue jackets rafael vororby stewart Corsi 4 percentage and 9.84 expected goals for percentage in 412. Against the Islanders, Raphael Varrobiev Stewart again, 22.22 Corsi 4 percentage, zero expected goals for percentage in 542. Penguins, they switch it up. They put All Star Pitlick on the line with Varrobiev and Stewart, zero Corsi 4 percentage, zero expected goals for percentage in 255. Those are all fucking terrible stat lines it's like those are there's no way you can see those guys like Vorobiev and Stewart are on all three of those lines and I'm fine with you sending down Vorobiev like if you think just the bottom six or the fourth line overall has sucked okay but to send down Verobiev, make make like the extra four for Friday and then leave Stewart in there I don't quite I don't I don't get it and this is where it's going to become a thing with Stewart where if AV keeps leaving him in the lineup during all these line changes and shaking up the lineup and everything, then it is gonna become annoying, especially if the Flyers aren't as fun all year as they've been the last you know, the first eleven games or the first nine games, the last two games have kinda <laughs>
0: have right. kinda stuck. Well, and the thing is at the end of the day, it's it's just frustrating to see bad players in the lineup and not deserve to be there. At the yeah. end of the day, these are guys that shouldn't be playing hockey and Chris Stewart is a guy who shouldn't be in the league he shouldn't be in the NHL yeah. all he can pretty much do at this point is fight dudes
1: yeah and there was and there was a time where he did more than just the he he did more than just offer the physical edge that a lot of the players can on the team so like if he was if he was a guy who was on the third line and he pitched him 40 points and he was doing all this all right I'm I, I don't care but he can't you went out of the went out of your way to kind of like make a point to sign him onto the team, and now he's on the fourth line, and now all he does is sometimes fight people. Like that's all he's really doing out there. Um, he's not really extending cycles. He's making misplays on easy offensive plays, which is kind of what the fourth the fourth line as a whole has been doing. So I'm all for blowing it up, but one of those guys. Like he's one of the guys on the line. Like he shouldn't. And if I mean my whole thing is if you're gonna punch people in the face. I would like to see some goals, too. That's what, part of the reason why I really love Dwayne Simmons, because I've always hated that thing with the Flyers where you got to have a Raleigh Cote, you got to have a Zach Ronaldo, you got to have Jay Rosehill, you got to have whoever in there who literally is just there to barely skate and then and then punch people. Stewart's a better skater than all the other guys I just listed, but yeah, you, know, you get there, you get what I'm saying.
0: Right, I, but a better skater to what end?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's not like his skating's (laughs) creating opportunities. And also, actually, not that this is a thing. I think Ronaldo would actually be the best skater of the most useless flyers. Uh, He was guy was...
0: Probably. probably. He was
1: was was quick, and he could actually cut in things. He just... He couldn't... He literally could not do anything else out there besides skate and fight. He could hit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's fair.
0: He could could lay in a legal hit on somebody like nobody's with
1: the best he was
0: you know bro
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's what he he said that to me and then he also said that every time Batman was like what do you you got to stop you've got to stop doing this he's like I know bro it's like no you don't because you're here again actually I guess it would have been Brandon Shanahan at the time
0: literally every time he ended up in the penalty box that that was the conversation that would happen
1: (laughs) get (laughs) on the the penalty box is like Zach please stop talking to me I'm not I'm not your friend.
0: (laughs) I'm the best there is at what I do and what I do isn't very productive in today's NHL.
1: (laughs) Uh, I mean, so Stewart's bad. I mean, Stewart's been bad. Uh, Who are the three? I said, Stewart, Pitlick and Hag, if I never saw him play a game again for the Flyers, I think I'll be right. (laughs)
0: Honestly, what about about our dear friend, Sam Morin of the uh, Yeah,
1: I I was going to say, I honestly might throw him in there. As the fourth, and I want to say, I the one play he looked really bad on Sunday. I understand that was more Ghost fucking up. There was a terrible pinch. There was a terrible play by Ghost. He left. He left um, Samarin hanging out there. But at the same time, he looked Samarin got fucking walked pretty bad. I know it's Matt Barzal. I know it's your first game of the year and everything. But I, I don't know. I I, I just don't. I I think you and I talk about Samarin <laughs> more than most people. But I really I just can't stand. I don't know how he's still here like i don't um, i don't know right
0: and the team's kind of terrified to send him through waivers at this point to send him back to the minors because he's been sent back on a conditioning stint right now right
1: yeah so that's the whole thing um and i got this from Kyle uh from our side uh the write up uh the 13.8 of the cba quote unless a player consents he shall not be loaned on a conditioning loan to a minor league club such conditioning loan shall not extend for more than 14 consecutive days. The player shall continue during the period of such conditioning loan to receive the same paragraph one AHL salary and be entitled to the same benefits that he would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So pretty much this, this is saying that for the next 14 days, they're going to have Marin in the AHL, but it's so they didn't have to put him through waivers and possibly lose him. So I think they so just want to be...
0: You're telling me that Sam Marin's trip to lehigh valley is going to last two weeks
1: <laughs> maybe or maybe he's got two weeks left with the franchise who knows i want to say know. does it matter no i he i think he's just going to end up being the seventh again i think this is just to see how uh, how myers is doing and then to see if they want to pick one of myers whatever two of the three they like of myers Hag, and Marin. i think they keep one as a six keep one in the press box and then send the other one down and take that risk of uh losing them in the AHL, although you wouldn't with uh, Myers, I believe. So right. the other two, I, I think
0: yeah. that and I think there's a pretty general consensus here that Phil Myers is the best of these three. He's oh, got the yeah. most raw talent. He's got the most ready for today's modern NHL skill set. I, I think everybody could agree there, except for a few people who really just want the hits that that Robert Hagen and Sam Warren can <laughs> theoretically dole out.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think of all three going forward. I think it. Yeah, I don't think there's a contest that Myers is supposed to be the most beneficial. I, I, it would. It's him or Marin, and I just at this point with Marin, I, I don't know. There's a lot of things you'd have to take out of Marin's game to make him passable, and I think a huge thing that's working against him is he's big. Like he's just slow, so he's gonna get. I mean it happened a couple of times I mean the bars all play, we saw it, and there are a couple other times he got beat to the outside on Sunday. It really holds him up when he was trying to move the puck out of the out of the defensive end. And also on Sunday he got he he lost he lost battles in front of the net a couple of times on Sunday and just fell to the ice against guys that are not Sam Marin size. So like if his thing is to be big and physical, then he's gotta be big and physical at least. I don't know. Like it's but anyways, Myers, Myers and Sanheim, Myers and Sanheim look like they're going to be playing together on on Friday. I'm interested to see how that works, honestly, just because Sanheim's had some some interesting games the last couple games. And by interesting, I mean bad.
0: Well, and, I was uh, going to uh, say, is, is Sanheim even
1: with the club right now? Because I, uh, every I, I feel like all the defensemen are just kind of playing like shit. Like I mean, Sanheim had a really good assist on Vortex play. Like that play from start to end was great. And then after that, I it looks like he just completely forgot how to play defense. Like the two goals that he pretty much set up for the Islanders were bad. The first one where he lost balance and lost a a battle with Anders Lee for a loose rebound. And then the other one where he got pretty much shot away from hitting the corner and just like Cole Bardreau set up a goal, which if you, I mean, fucking Cole Bardreau is setting up goals against the flyers. That's what the last two games have
0: been. (laughs) Listen, Cole Bardreau is a legend. In the NHL, a legend.
1: I can't. Who were? Who was really? It was Dave Isaac. Was Karchi on Cole Barger? There was a bunch of b writers that were hard on for Cole Barjo the last couple years. Like oh, wanted Cole him,
0: Cadre, of course.
1: Yeah, wanted him in the lineup. Like at no, like just on the fourth line. They they thought he was the guy, and he. Uh, it took a uh, Matt Martin and Tom Kuhnackel and pair injuries to get him to play in the NHL on Sunday. But, you know, he's he's doing great up there in, in Long Island. Um, I, and who who else? I mean, Ghost. I, I don't know what to say about Ghost. I mean, he's had.
0: He's, I feel like at this point, like Niskanen's maybe the best performing defense. It's, bit.
1: Honestly, it's Niskanen or Proveroff. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, it's they've all had Braun. Braun hasn't had huge. Well, he's had he had some big. Braun's gotten dunked
0: here. on a couple times. But yeah, otherwise, play, he's
1: pretty like just there. Fine. Yeah. He yeah, he does a lot of like the little defensive things you're looking for. But then at the same time, I mean I know you like to point out the McDavid goal, and I like to defend him on the McDavid goal because it's McDavid speed. But I think he's gonna get burned in a lot of situations like that. Like uh going back and my doing only The only real- problem
0: there is he just kinda of laid down and died and was like, This is my speed.
1: <laughs> just while he's in the battle with McDavid just turning to yell at AV, I can't do this. No, nope, <laughs> you know, this this I am out. No (laughs) thanks. I'm not stopping him. Yeah, but he, uh, a couple times in a Chicago game, and I think this is going to be a thing that's going to happen all year. Just some of the quicker forwards like Kane or Debrinkit would like kind of pivot to the inside for half a step to get him to think they're going to the inside to freeze him and then just cut to the outside and blow by him. Or not really blow by him, but then he's parallel with them and he likes to, instead of back check, like skating backwards, he likes to just skate alongside them which i feel like is just going to i feel like teams are going to exploit that once they start <laughs> teams in the east start realizing that's what justin braun does on outside rushes yeah. like that the
0: like like out that, there and the thing is you can't get away with stuff like you used to be able to there right. is tape instantly available to teams on ipads on the bench
1: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so that so like braun i guess hasn't necessarily I mean he he's been doing that and then also the last two games, honestly, just the last two games, he's had a lot a little bit of a a little bit of Gouda syndrome where the top line will be cycling in the offensive zone, doing all this board work, and then they pass it back to him at the point, and rather than continue passing, he will throw an unscreened shot at the goalie for a cover up and then that's the end of the cycle. And like these last two games, I know it's a weird thing to pick on, but I mean, the game in Pittsburgh, the Flyers couldn't get past the red line. So anytime they got into the offensive zone, you kind of had to make it worthwhile. And then Giroud, Voracek, and JVR are busting their balls on the boards, and they get the ball back, they get the the puck back to Justin Braun, and he's like, "All right," and they just <laughs> just the weakest shot ever, and it leads to nothing. Uh,
0: Let's do this the, thing.
1: Yeah, he's like, "Let's do it," and then the goalie's like, "All right, we did it." And then Niskanen, uh, yeah, Niskanen, I think has looked, I, I, he's looked fine. Like him and Provorov, I think the top pair has looked. Pretty good. I, I the thing with Niskanen, though, I, I think teams are gonna he takes the time with the puck on breakouts. He's real casual with it, and I feel like that's gonna be another thing that teams will pick up on and hone in on once they start playing the Flyers a little bit more. Um,
0: no I, need to rush with the puck here.
1: It's <laughs> like there are just times where he's looking for an I outlet pass. No, <laughs> like
0: what I'm doing. <laughs>
1: It's pre- it's pretty much that slow. Like, somebody, like there'll so there will be
0: tortoise in the hair shit. Like he is just taking his time. But he knows the hair is going to rush, you know, to the finish line and then take a nap and then he that's his time to strike. He's yep. the tortoise. Matt the tortoise Niskanen.
1: Look. If other teams start taking naps on the ice, I don't care about how long it takes to make an outlet pass. I just want that on record. But right now I'm a little worried about it, but I'm not against
0: I mean, you don't tell the tortoise how to play the game of ice hockey. The tortoise invented ice hockey.
1: He's old as shit, (laughs) but it's going to be a thing. So just watch out for that. He's a, he's he's really like a four checker will be in on him deep. And he takes his time just kind of shielding the puck and then casually backhanding a pass around. I feel like eventually he's going to try and do it. And somebody's going to sneak up on him with a lot of speed, like a small, quick guy. You're not thinking of like Matt Calvert or something. And it's just going to end up in the back of the net. So that's that's my big thing with Niskan right now. Is everybody I think is fine in terms of in terms of their numbers. I mean Hag is also, I, I, yeah. Like Hag is just I'm done with Hag. <laughs> but we I had wanted a question, to.
0: By the way, from from a listener. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. It was from Junk Drawer Pet, which is quite a, a Twitter handle. When. So it's a, a kind of a three-part question, but I think we can field it all at once. Yeah. Uh, when does the Morin Mafia come for Morin himself? <laughs> are are the Hag defenders the Hag Hitman or the the Hague Hitman? And who wins in a fight between the Hague Hitman and the Morin Mafia? So all all great questions. And essentially, I, I have to think about the the Hague Hitman, but I think it's I think it's right. It, it sounds pretty I... good.
1: I mean, yeah, what else is... Uh, you got another alliteration in the works there? I, I, I'm liking the Hag Hitman.
0: I'm I'm down for it. I'm down for it. Yeah, uh, I think in a fight, though, I think it's it's the Morin Mafia. They're, they're out there. They're mafia. strong. They're as strong as Samarin theoretically is. So
1: they, yeah.
0: I'm not messing <laughs> with them.
1: I was the going to H- say... The Hag
0: Hitman, they're all just tapping you and saying, that's a hit.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, also, the uh, the Morin Mafia has had a lot of years to train in their defense of why Samarin is good, because he's been a prospect for like eight years now, so they've had to kind of build up that case for a while. You know, kind of had to build their path towards success. So I'd take them. They've had to fight their way to the top. So I think they've had a lot of, a lot of matches under their belt. And that the Hag Hitman, they're not used to uh, the adversity that Hag's going through right now. Finally being sit for his terrible play. <laughs> I think it's just a battle wills, and uh, it comes down to Marin Mafia would be my guess.
0: Please, Phil Myers, please do what we all want you to do.
1: He just needs to have event. a good game. Like just he needs time. to have one good game because I really don't think there's that much to persuade Av from Hag or Marin not being the. Like, Big this Al
0: really, knows. Big Al is very aware, right? He has to
1: be. Yeah. I mean, well, to like going back and looking at the Blue Jackets game, Hag, like I understand why he was set, and then I can understand how he played again on Tuesday after we all watched the Marine and ghost tandem. So I, and I like don't get me wrong. Ghost has been, ghost has had some fucking plays this year. Like he's looked bad, but I, I still think a lot of the situations where it looks like it's his fault is kind of more just hag putting himself out of position. And then ghost is the last guy on screen before a goal against happens. Like if you go back and look at that Blackhawks goal against hag for no reason bolt from the left side of the ice, to the other side of the ice in the neutral zone to help a play where the flyers were already out. They, they were going to get the puck back. And then that sod makes a pass off the wall or somebody makes a pass off the wall to a streaking sod and nobody's there except for ghost out of position or how it looks because Hag is, you know, fucking around the neutral zone, like stupid shit like that. I feel like happens a lot with ghost, but he's also, he's also been not great.
0: He hasn't but been think, great, uh, but at the end of the day, Shane Goss despair does have the talent know yeah. he has the talent to be a top-tier defenseman on this team, and we we know his offensive talent is a game changer when it's on.
1: Yeah, and like I man, just twenty seventeen eighteen, like what, whatever he was doing that year, that's all we want. Like he was, I guess, put him back with Proveroff. I don't know. It's when he was his best was two years ago, uh, and then last year was. I mean, last year was not great for a lot of players, and then this year he still doesn't look the same. I, I still think, yeah, like you said, I still think he's. I think we're still going to see Ghost again. Like it's still down there. I don't think Ghost is a is a bust or anything right now. I just think he's playing like shit at the moment. <laughs> just not playing great.
0: Right, right. He's just not playing to his potential right now. Yeah.
1: He's playing. Which he's is,
0: not playing well. I, I, I can, yeah. as Shane Gostisbear's number one defender, I right, can absolutely. Yeah admit he's not playing well right now he needs to step it up and th- most of the defense does again Provorov and Niskanen may be the only guys who are playing at a, a decent level right now but I think we've we've seen what we need to from Marin for now and I don't know I just feel like he needs if he needs anything he needs time in the AHL because he's just been hurt so much he just hasn't been yeah, able to play hockey. Yeah. and when he's ready to come up like Phil Myers got some time Phil Myers has looked good in the AHL. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and yeah, I'm fine with giving. Uh, you know, I was kind of hesitant, I guess, to throw more into the group of flyers. That I I'm fine never seeing play again, but the I'm fine with giving him more AHL time and giving him, I guess, more of a sample size up here. I just I, I, Sunday's game was not uh, a good. It was just not a good preview of what he could bring. So let's right. see, let's see where he looks after a little bit of AHL time.
0: Well, and then coming off of the two three game stint that we were looking at last well so had they won two in a row or just one game when we we spoke last
1: they uh, we did it before the the hawks game so they won the golden knights game
0: right so they won the golden knights game and then they won the hawks game and then they won the, the blue jackets yep and then they had that islanders game which was just a disaster
1: yeah Honestly, and like, the,
0: honestly, the Blue, Jack- Blue Jackets game was very close to being a disaster as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of ways you can look at these last couple of games, because Chicago, they could have been down early in that game, um, and it wasn't quite their best game, but they, they played pretty sound the whole game and ended up winning. Yeah, Blue I, Jackets, I
0: can't complain about
1: the Chicago game. Yeah, like, no, exactly. I can it, complain
0: yeah. plenty about the Blue Jackets game. I, I'm impressed yeah. by the the fortitude the team showed to come back and, and win that game, but to even be in that position, especially considering the talent on the blue jackets right now is kind of rough and the Islanders game, it doesn't come to a total surprise as a total surprise to me after watching that blue jackets game.
1: Yeah. And i yeah. And I think too, like I was saying earlier, I think the whole coming back in the third period of a, the first part of a back-to-back definitely plays into the second part of the back-to-back and like everything, like every, I can buy a lot of theories up until the Islanders game, but it's just the, it's just the game against Pittsburgh that like every, everything just went wrong. Like they, there was no excuse for them to come out flat. Uh, They, they have pretty much been Charlie wrote about this uh, I think today or yesterday uh breaking down AV's 122 two system and pretty much about how AV's mindset is about um players being on the attack really it's kind of changing you know to go get the puck and uh I don't think that's what happened in the last two games and um I was actually going to I was going to lay out this whole theory uh Steve so the last four games I mean well I pretty much just laid it out they they haven't been on the attack the last two games they've kind of let the Islanders and Penguins who are both I guess at the end of the day just quick teams that four check pretty well they've kind of let the Islanders and Penguins just set up and they've struggled to get the Flyers have just struggled to get past their own red line at times especially yeah. against the Penguins the Penguins the first period was I mean gross because the Flyers it was were gross. Not, they
0: got their doors blown it, it, over it was in that insane
1: game. Yeah, and they couldn't get it out of their own zone. They couldn't get it past the red line. When they did get into the offensive zone, they weren't getting second chances. Meanwhile, the Penguins were picking up the puck. They're moving the puck out of their zone, in like two seconds, they were getting rush chances, rebound chances, just throwing everything at the net and getting the rebounds. Uh, uh, but that's that looked more like the team from last year. And I think so. The whole thing is the Flyers are fourth right now at the fine this stat. Last four games, um, they've allowed a one point nine one. Score and venue adjusted expected goals against per game or higher, which is pretty much just at five and five in a close game, how many goals are you supposed to give up? 1.91 or higher. Uh, 1.91 against Chicago, 2.2 against the Blue Jackets, 2.44 against the Penguins, or um, sorry, 2.44 against the Islanders, 3.98 against the Penguins. 3.98 is insane. Like that's an absolute terrible game. Um, and through the first seven games for comparison, the highest amount of score venue adjusted expected goals against per game was 1.55 against Vancouver. So they've definitely been allowing a lot of defensive chances the last four games, especially the last two games. And that's my theory is that um, the aggressiveness, aggressiveness and being on the attack on the forward checking has kind of helped the Flyers eliminate opponents from getting the puck even up the ice and into the zone because they are currently also fourth in the league in terms of the least amount of uh, Corsi against per 60. So they're really doing a good job of limiting the number of shots against or like the number of times the opponent's able to get the puck towards the net. But they're 24th and expect the goals against per 60. So when they are giving up those chances, they are high-end chances. So it kind of goes back to the thing I was, that was my theory last year, was the Flyers were really good at breaking up play in the neutral zone and they were good at getting the puck out because they have mobile defenders on the back end with you know pro Rolf, sandheim and everybody so when they got the puck quickly and could retrieve it they could move it out pretty quickly but once the teams got set up in the zone that's when the problems began and i thought guys like braun and niskanen who kind of have to this point would help alleviate those issues but it just hasn't happened the last two games and when i do the line by line there are things i'm picking up on where the defensemen are jumping up to the red line to break up outlet passes and things. So they've, I think, they've become a lot better at just breaking up plays further up ice in the neutral zone or at the other team's blue line before teams were able to create anything down in the defensive zone. If that makes sense. So, like the defensive zone. Yeah, work, I, I'm getting you. Yeah, like the work in the defensive zone could still be the same level of bad. I think it's gotten better though, and. But they've done a lot better job of just not letting teams walk into the zone and start setting up shop, which is, I think, what they got away from the last two games. Which can make sense, you know, a couple of games into the season, maybe you start to lose focus during one of these games here, especially the back-to-back where you got to travel. But again, that shouldn't be an excuse for. There's no excuse for the Penguins game, is what I'm getting. There's at. no excuse
0: for the Penguins game. <laughs> yeah. It was just an atrocity. Uh, everybody, I think, was tuned out after the first period because they were down four to nothing oh yeah it's just from the start it just didn't that let me put it this way from the first goal you were just like oh god it just felt like one of those bad games and it just got worse and worse and worse very quickly
1: yeah and i mean the play like once that first goal went into where elliot thought i got redirected and it just didn't and that's the type of shot that goes in you're like all right so this is going to be one of those penguins games (laughs) and it turns out It was one of those Penguins games. Uh, It was was fucking gross. I mean, I really don't know what to say. There's really no... The only positive I have from that game is I thought it was a good idea to play Hart in the third period, because there was not a better... There was not a softer landing spot to try and get him back on his game.
0: Right. Well, and and frankly, after the night Elliot had, man, that's like a mercy
1: move right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that too. Yeah, (laughs) But, I mean... uh, I. See, I gets back on track. Uh, and you know, we've been ta- I've been talking about the defense, but it does they do get erased with some saves, and this is the type of thing now we're delving into the conversations from last year where, you know, it's Carnegie win games, you don't get a save. All summer I was talking about how Carter Hart, you know, hopefully the goalie situation is saved and he should not only be letting in league average goals, but he should be prevent- preventing a lot of like high danger chances against, and it hasn't happened yet. And I, I really don't think it's going to go on all year with Carter Hart. I don't, I'm not worried about Carter Hart at all. I don't know how you feel, Steve. I just think it's I'm a-
0: not overly worried. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a little worrisome, but at the same time, it's his second year. He's very young and you- he's hitting some rough stretches, but look, it's if you're going to have one team where you rebound the devils are a great team to read. Oh boy.
1: Against. Are they ever? Yeah. And also he's got the, it's a psyche thing. He already beat them. Got a shout out against them. Maybe had the best day of his life against them. Like, I think it would be a good way to get him back into his, I don't know, back to his flow. I, what, what, I like more, groove. G- groove. There we go. Carter got his
0: groove back, you know, very <laughs> dated reference, very dated reference. <laughs>
1: But still good. I'm still looking. Are you going to do the parody? You're going to write that?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to write yeah. the How Stella Got Her Group Back parody <laughs> about Carter Hart. I'm on it.
1: All righty. I'm going to keep... Is there a way I can add on to this bad joke, or are we going to... I think we it? should
0: just kill it right here, <laughs> shoot it right in the face. Okay. But, uh, I, so I, my question for you is, we've talked about Phil Myers being called up, but... What about the... the
1: I'm about it. I want him to be one of the other guys that called up. I think I was talking about NAK or him the other week. So fuck it. Bring him up. Uh, Good two-way player. I think he can be like Verubia except just have more offensive upside. Uh, Speaking of that, in the AHL so far he's got one goal and ten shots, five assists, six pims, six penalty minutes, uh, plus four rating in seven games. However, according to... uh, our own Brad Keffer's fancy stats site. He is a minus 9.83 relative Corsi four, which is uh, not great, but uh, he it looks like he is making his with debut on Friday with Turensky and Stewart as his line mates.
0: Greg, there's which... one big question here. There's one big question. Oh, are we sorry. getting the germ or are we getting Ruby?
1: Uh, on a line are with Are we Trinskin. getting the guy
0: who smokes cigarettes, wears leather jackets, and and flicks those cigarettes buds into the eyes of opposing defenders, or are we getting Ruby who shows up with a uh, his tweed coat and his bow tie <laughs> and his nerd glasses and goes, uh, "Excuse me, can you tell me where the men's room is?"
1: Uh, you know what? I don't, I don't know. I I feel like we might be getting pocket protector, uh, Ruby on Friday because he's going to be with Twerinsky and Stewart. I feel like he's just not... He's just going to look bad. Nerds! Yeah, he's just going to look like a dork, because he's just he's just going to look like Ruby out there. Um, or maybe he becomes the germ, and he just becomes a goon in that game. And him, Twerinsky, and Stewart just beat the ever-living shit out of the people they go, they go up against. He has, like, two fights. There's a line brawl.
0: Oh, the boys are back in town starts playing?
1: Boys are back in town. Flyers losing four to one. They're talking na, about brought no. the boys back. <laughs> na, 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 na. All the classics, but uh, I I'm excited to see off. Uh Yeah, I mean that's all I got. I want to I want to see him play in the NHL. He's one of those guys we've been waiting a little bit of time to see. See how he can do. Right. But, and uh, hopefully, I mean I thought Verobiev was going to stay up here and stick because I feel like his skill set is ideal for a fourth-line center right now. Like, I don't know how much I really want him in the top six. I think I'd be all right with him on the third line, but as a fourth-line center, I feel like his... You know, I want to be a guy You feel like you're wasting our offensive skills on the fourth line, like a young player they're wasting on the fourth line because he, he doesn't have the uh, the most amount of offensive upside, I guess. But, yeah, we'll see. What do you think? Do <laughs> you think we get the germ? Or you think I'm, we get, uh, I'm
0: hoping we get the germ because, you know, Ruby is just... He's just annoying. He breathes through his mouth. It, it's terrible. But the germ is just a cool dude who high sticks guys in the face.
1: Hell yeah, dude. That's all we're looking for. And he gets away with it. All the stuff I was talking about with Chris Stewart, forget it. I want it back, and I want off to do the same. So he's super cool. That's I just what I want.
0: want. A line of badasses. That's all I want.
1: That's all I want.
0: A badass line, like the Dan line.
1: I, I feel like on I feel like uh, on Friday though we might be getting uh, we might be getting yeah. Ruby, the guy that's gonna Remind A.V. that the team's got to do laps after the game or something or like a uh, uh, coach,
0: coach. I think you forgot our uh, bag skate
1: uh, coach. Oh, uh, we forgot to watch film today. Uh, you want to watch tape for three hours before we go home? I feel like that's what that's what Ruby. That's what German Roofself might do on Friday. That's what uh, might coach, like it
0: might uh, look I saw Jake Voracek eating eating a Reese's pumpkin and his locker. <laughs>
1: By the way, German Russoff was Hextall's favorite pick because he used to do the spying thing and he would tell the players, he would tell them what players were eating. So Russoff would just go to him and be like, Yeah, I saw Drew eating a slice of pizza, and then Hextall would just clench his fist and bang the table. All right, get out of here, German.
0: Ron, I definitely saw Shane Gauss housing some boneless wings.
1: <laughs> <We'll see. laughs>
0: Extra How spicy. Many. He's gonna have the poops on the ice.
1: There's got to be a way we can figure out the conversion rate of French Bulldogs to weight of chicken wings you eat. They're, 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 look, I put, the, I put the ingredients of the joke. You guys I mean, if, the you eat, the joke. If,
0: if you eat two French Bulldogs worth of oh, chicken wings, uh-huh. you are going to be in for a bad game.
1: Yeah, it's going to be. Because
0: you're going to have a full stomach. You're going to be skating around going, oh, no, Maybe this is bad. That-
1: it's the deal like maybe that's what's been going on is You're like just
0: skating around going oh this is not this is not gonna be good it's gonna be <laughs> room, but I'll take care of it from there
1: before each game Shane walks up to his dog with a bag from Buffalo Wild Wings and they match up in height and he's like all right pregame meal starting and then he eats 45 wings
0: it's go time Bulldog
1: actually 45 wings yeah, that's I feel like that's not big enough probably like 75 right you think you could fit 75 wings into a bulldog?
0: I mean, they are bottomless (laughs) pits. Literally anything you give them. But I don't think you could fit 75 wings in there.
1: I'm not talking like they eat them. I'm talking about if you took out the innards of a... You know what? This is getting... This is... I don't know. We'll see where... We'll see how Furby looks. I mean, if looks on a You were taking this to
0: some dark territory. So... (laughs) Essentially, essentially, a chicken wing weighs 3.5 3. 5 ounces, right? Okay. okay. So you're going to hear my annoying keyboard go, but... Uh, oh, God.
1: Here we go. Yeah. I roll. name's uh, <laughs> the record. I'm sorry.
0: Ru- the ruby of Steve is here <laughs> to, to calculate this for everybody. But essentially, uh, 3.5 times 75 wings, War. did you say? Yeah. Okay. So that's a that would be two hundred and sixty-two point five ounces, and if we convert that to pounds, <laughs>
1: let I mean, me just put that in I my mean, computer. That's like pound sixteen dog. pounds. Yeah. That
0: you one hundred percent could. That's actually less hey. a French bulldog. So
1: See? all, all right. right, now we're getting five
0: for Shane Goss to spare.
1: So so let bump. It. I think you might be taking hundred. That's that's where I'm leaning towards. All
0: right, an even hundred. So a French bulldog worth of wings is hundred wings, is what. By we're the way, here.
1: no other explanation for what's going on with him.
0: This is exact this science,
1: guys. This, this is, it. is it.
0: Exact science that. with Stephen Craig.
1: I've watched the tape. I've analyzed his own exits and the, the diesel work. I'm getting that he's eating too many wings before the game. That's my conclusion. So, uh, do you, you want me to? Uh, you want me to rattle off some of these interesting stats I put down for the games? There's really only. Two for you know, the No, I love
0: nothing more than interesting stats.
1: Yeah, just the stats that really don't matter. But anyway, the Flyers outshot the Blue Jackets forty-six to twenty-six on Saturday, making the third time this season they've outshot an opponent by twenty shots or more. Uh, and there's only been eleven games, but uh, against the Oilers, they outshot them fifty-two to twenty-two, lost six, six to three, and then uh, three days later, they outshot the Stars thirty-nine to sixteen a 4-1 loss. Uh, this is only important, or uh, it's only noteworthy because between 2017-18 and 2018-19, the Flyers overall had two games where they outshot opponents by 20 shots or more, which was a ironically a 4-1 to one loss to Pittsburgh last year on February 11th. I don't know if you remember that game, Steve. I do. That was the game that Carter Hart played where he was hurt, let in some leaky goals, and then I there was a quick a quick whistle with Matt Murray, which, you know, I've never heard quick whistle with Matt Murray before. Hashtag Colton's isn't scored. Uh, and then the other one was a 5-1. That's winner they Matt Murray's with. late night show. <laughs> Colton's, Colton's isn't scored.
0: <laughs> no, what, what did
1: uh, you say? Quick decision with Matt Murray? Oh, no, no, no. I, I, uh, the quick whistle. Sorry. Quick sorry, whistle. Quick whistle, quick yeah, whistle the, with Matt
0: Murray is his late night show.
1: <laughs> it's just him looking at plays and blowing them dead too early. I mean, yeah. it's benefited his career a lot, so I may as well, may as well make more money off of it. Uh, but Sad I think
0: on side note on that one is, uh, I I once refed a single game at the Flyers faithful roller hockey tournament. Shout out Flyers faithful, the old blog, mm. rest in power. But uh, I was thrown in to a ref, a ref gig for the first game, and I had no skates on, and had no idea what I was doing. I've never refed a game in my life, and. Man, did I have a quick whistle, and all those guys wanted to kill me.
1: (laughs) I was, I like, just looking at it, because I remember this play now, I just don't understand, like, why, and especially for offsides, just let the play fucking happen. Because if you're wrong, then we can go back and correct it. Just let the play happen. That's my my stance on this play that happened almost a year ago now. Um, But that, if you, I feel like that's a good stat, though, if you're looking for, if you feel like this might be the same old Flyers, I feel like these are that's a good example of you're not seeing this the same thing out there, in my opinion. Like, to do this three times in the first 11 games, compared to that they did it twice over the last two years. I don't know. I think that shows something. And then first time scoring seven goals since a 7-4 win over the Wild on January 14th. Uh, they had two seven-goal games last season. They also had a 7-4 win over the Senators on October 10th. Uh, it's also the second time they've ever scored seven or more goals against the Blue Jackets. Uh, the other time was a 9-2 win November 5th when Steve Mason was in net. I'm only bringing that up because I was at that game, and that game was hilarious. So oh, I, wow. there's a lot of fun. They got 9 nothing, and then the fans started billing when they scored a goal against because <laughs> they were looking for the 10-0 shutout. Uh, what's the other stat? Drew out six shots on goal against Pittsburgh. His second six-shot, uh, six-shot game of the season. He had seven against Dallas, and then the last time they allowed seven goals against to the Penguins during a regular season game was a seven-to-one loss on March sixteenth, two thousand eight. Steve, seven-to-one loss. Who scored the Flowers lone goal?
0: When was this? March sixteenth.
1: March <laughs> March sixteenth, uh, two thousand eight. 2007, 2008 Flyers. Oh,
0: I'm, I'm sorry, I don't remember something from 11
1: years ago. I was looking going pick a name out of a hat. Oh, this is more uh, let's remember some guys. That's what I'm going for. And Carcillo. No, it was uh, Mike Knubel off a feed from Patrick Thorson. So. Noobs. Yeah, Patrick Thorson. Uh, you know, just out there with his one nut making plays. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, well, he's got. Well, he's got both of them, right? They didn't anyway moving on. So, do you want to do the uh, why Pittsburgh sucks this week?
0: I, I don't know if I have the heart to do it, but sure.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say it was Tuesday. That was, I mean, Tuesday is why they suck this week because of uh, the game. And then also, I was gonna say because apparently Jim Rutherford is uh, smartening up and he traded away Eric Brandt to the Ducks for Andreas Martinson and a 2021 seventh rounder.
0: Jack Johnson scored on the Flyers, Craig Jack Johnson.
1: Uh, yeah, if you want if you wanted proof of why that game was terrible, you don't even need. That's yeah. By the way, Jack I don't Johnson. even think he. I think I hit something in front. By the way, that I think that went off Braun in front. So if you wanted,
0: it doesn't matter.
1: It, it doesn't matter. matter. It's, it's Jack Johnson. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's gross. But uh, yeah, that's why they suck. Uh, they because of Tuesday's events, and then also apparently they have one less shitty defenseman now. So okay, it's going to be real annoying after. Tried saying that this is going to be the year the year they're going to miss the playoffs and they're going to end up like sneakily winning the division because uh, fucking Sam Lafferty had like ten goals or something. I'm gonna lo- I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> but we're there. We're getting there. We're That's getting there. the
0: way the cookie crumbles.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: sh- shoutouts. Yeah, I'll give a quick shout. So I already did the junk drawer pat one. But yes. I just wanted to. Shout out Matt Gillis, who had asked us to talk about a nifty stick lift by TK to set yeah, up okay. a risky business goal. And we did not talk about it last week because we're jerks and mean and forgot. Frankly, we just forgot. Uh, but yeah, just to forgetting shout it. out to Matt because we did want to talk about that. And we do love a good local, uh, sneaky stick lift like that.
1: Yeah, a little connect me, uh, nonsense. I will say the jerk store has had some jerk store moments. Uh, a lot of jerk store moments so far this year. He had two I good... think he's
0: been probably the best player on the team so far.
1: Oh yeah, no, actually yeah, he's been killing it. Um, the uh, the against the Blue Jackets, did you see that thing where the puck went to the stance and then he faked the shot on Corpus Allo to fuck with him? Oh yeah. Maybe yeah, it was sure. <laughs> the puck's in the stance for like five seconds and he does that little fake near the net, and Corpus Allo's like, shit. <laughs> fuck uh oh, no. And, and then against the Penguins he speaking of Jack Johnson, he planted Jack Johnson in the corner in the second period when nobody was watching, but planted Jack Johnson and then skated by the Penguins bench and was talking shit uh during a whistle. So uh he's still his know, ass pill-
0: whooped. and he's still talking shit. Getting his BK, ass whooped BNP. and talking BK. shit. What a yeah. guy. The jerk <laughs> store's all time bestseller. I love him so much.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say I think he's the only one I could really only laugh at if they were talking shit down six nothing because I know that he he's just consistently talking shit. <laughs> so why stop? Why stop there? Uh, and then also I think we have to uh, I think we got to mention that our our own Cole Beasley scored a touchdown on Sunday.
0: Oh yeah, and I we mean, didn't it, say sorry not sorry about this one because the Birds won the game.
1: Yeah, I was gonna I, say they you know, we won the battle, we won the war type of thing. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we're we're not.
0: We're not the co-presidents of the United Hate of America today. We are, we get to enjoy that one little moment when annoying-ass professional football player and not-so-professional rapper Cole Beasley did score against the Philadelphia Eagles for what feels like about the 112th time in his
1: career. Yeah, and the first time, I really didn't care that much because it was not for the Cowboys. He used to—I mean, I fucking hated him on the Cowboys.
0: Oh, you're he was so annoying. It
1: very annoying but uh now he's on the bills who gives a shit so uh, who there you go gives a shit
0: did we talk did we talk about uh, uh psycho killer himself scott lawton's injury
1: oh no we did not uh and we didn't really talk about i mean we did uh, we talked about all the other cops too but we can talk about lawton uh let's see where's it? yeah placed on ltir and he's out for four weeks with a broken finger uh, Puck hit him in the hand in the neutral zone against the Blue Jackets. Uh, he's been put on LTIR. $2.3 million comes off the books. And him and Patrick being out doesn't help the whole the bottom six needs help type of thing. Because, uh, I mean, for the next month or whenever Patrick comes back, if it, this is going to be the group, it's going to be... I mean, Raffle with Hayes and Ferbey. that was the other line. I'll, I'll read through the lines real quick. Um, so JVR, Drew, Voracek, Lindblom, Katoria, Konekne. I like that top six. That top six makes sense. Raffle, Hayes, Faraby as the third line. Uh, I feel like that's the hope there is just Hayes can keep that line in the offensive zone. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be I, – I don't know. I, I'll be interested to see if they can generate that much offense because, uh, you know, Raffle's not exactly the – the score. And then the fourth line is Tarensky. He's not. roofs <laughs> off and uh, Stewart. So that, those are the. There's, I mean, it's the Ed Lawton there that would, you know, theoretically, I guess, take away Terensky since Stewart's not coming out. And then uh, Patrick moves. Um, could probably move Drew back to the wing. I mean, once. Again, I have no idea what the Patrick inju- injury situation is. Uh, I, I have no timeline for it and i don't think there's been any update to it the last day or two uh is
0: nolan patrick in this solar system
1: still that's a good question
0: is he on that planet that's earth like many light years from here we don't know there's no way to know
1: we'll never find him i mean he's gone and we don't have answers but whenever he returns
0: is nolan patrick at
1: Uh, but that's uh, that's talking about the Scott Lawton injury. Uh, I think he's been fine, the sheriff. But even even when he would when he was in the lineup, like uh, the third line for a while was JVR Hayes uh, Lawton, which kind of felt, or not JV, uh not Hayes. Uh, it was JVR Lawton twerinski which again kind of feels like you're wasting JVR on the third line. So and they, uh, Fletcher's not going to go out and get anybody because he knows he has these two guys here. You know. Yeah. Or I I don't yeah. So which is just kind of a waiting game, which sucks because. Uh, those beautiful numbers I went over before about the fourth line. <laughs> uh, but no, that's uh, what you got the
0: kids for. That's what you got the kids for. And I also wanted to mention you guys mentioned Hayes, and I got to say, so far, he's been a great signing.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you talked about last week, like a couple of years from now, asking about the contract. And uh, yeah, I agree. A couple of years might not look too great, but right now he's. I've been a horse. I mean, he I love the way he plays. He always seemingly just takes the puck to the net from literally anywhere on the ice. And he also has a pretty high hockey IQ. I feel like he's always making the smartest play possible. A no look pass at the blue line in the offensive zone, but that's like a play. Everything else has been pretty good. And I'm hoping it just sucks that we gotta we haven't really seen the full flyers forward depth yet because of a couple injuries but whenever it does i think i don't know that uh, th- that's why i'm not too worried about the flyers i think they're still they still haven't hit their stride
0: yeah i mean those two losses were, were they were terrible demoralizing.
1: but yeah demoralizing, but <laughs> I, I would say
0: they're demoralizing but they're not freak out level i mean you're sure gonna have people in the fan base going same old flyers and all yeah. that stuff but you know it's I think a lot of people realize it's very early in the year. There's a lot of variables here and they're still figuring things out with the coaching staff, with the personnel. There is, as I said, a lot of
1: variables. Yeah. And it's, and it's the things, like I said before too, where right now they're at the top of the league and two of the bigger underlying numbers that I, I focus on. And I think most people focus on when they're looking for, good teams in the league and they that makes me less concerned about two bad games in a row and there are still like you know there's still 11 games into learning av system which is different than hackstalls and gordons like this is the third system most of these guys are learning in 11 months now or so so it's i can and you know it still takes a little bit of getting used to i guess i don't know so some of the stuff i felt like a lot over the weekend too was a lot more miscommunications and stuff rather than these players don't feel physically good enough to compete if that makes sense so it's all stuff where it sucks right now but i'm not i still think this team is gonna be pretty decent this year
0: yeah i agree
1: yeah there we go that's uh that's that baby you want me to uh you want me to around the league yeah
0: Go around the league and then take this one to Flavortown and call it a night.
1: All right, so uh, around the league featuring two former Flyers right off the bat, so Sam if you're listening, uh, focus up. Uh, Dennis Seidenberg retires, 44 goals, 207 assists for 251 points in 859 games over 15 seasons with the Flyers, Bruins, Hurricanes, Coyotes, Islanders, and Panthers. And then according to Frank Sarvali, uh, Scotty Upshaw is signed with H.C. Ambri Piata in the NLA, which is Switzerland's top league. Uh, Steve, going back to remembering some guys. Other people also on H.C. Ambri Piata. Matt D'Agostini, Brian Flynn, Giro Novotny. You remember any of those guys? Uh,
0: Matt D'Agostini sounds Matt familiar. Matt
1: D'Agostini is the only one that should be memorable, yeah, because that because that name. And I think he was on the Penguins for a bit i think i literally
0: only recognize his name from seeing it in nhl video games
1: (laughs) that's they really i really did hype up his potential i remember that
0: it's just one of those guys that you (laughs) you would play against on the opposing team and go like why do i see keep seeing this name like who the who even is this guy
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i always love that too of like uh when you yeah when you get a franchise going and then you simulate like eight years and then some guy that somebody picked in the third round last year who's not anything is like leading the leading goals it's just always the worst (laughs) like if like next year if isaac ratcliffe if he did like a 2025 simulation ratcliffe would be like a 60 goal scorer and like leading the league and you're like all right well he's kind of like an all right prospect right now for the flyers but okay uh roman yossi signs eight years 9.059 million a year contract extension with the predators Dylan Hamaliuk has signed an a- ELC with the San Jose Sharks. He's a left winger, taken 55th overall in the 2019 draft. Jack Rodewall was traded to the Panthers for Chris Wilkie. Uh, Brandon Perlini requested a trade from the Blackhawks, got a trade to the Detroit Red Wings for Alec Regula. Bunch of injuries. Actually, a bunch of noteworthy injuries.
0: These are all great names, by the way. Names that we <laughs> yeah, all these
1: recognize. Are all, I know these names are actually real games. people. It's something, I have a policy where I don't put a trade down unless they've played NHL games. And Jack Rodewall played like two games for the centers last year. So I was like, I guess I'm doing this. Like, I guess somebody out there might recognize his name, but it's, it's definitely nobody fucking knows who Jack, or Jack Rodewall is. Uh, injuries. Vladimir Tarasenko underwent successful shoulder surgery, will be reevaluated again in five months. Not will be back in five months to look at his shoulder in five months. Ooh. Uh, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's, a, rough that's a rough one. Yeah. Great also,
0: player, that's uh, that's really just terrible news for the Blues.
1: Yeah, and it looks like the Blues are uh, at the bottom of the league in terms of driving play, so maybe the Blues, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, make well, a remember,
0: remember what happened when they were at the bottom of the league last year, though.
1: Yeah. Do you think they'd do the reverse and they fire Craig Bruby, hire Mike Yo, and then do it the other way around? Like Jordan <laughs> Bennington. Jordan Bennington has like a 650 save percentage, but they score eight goals a game, so it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, I think that's perfect strategy. And then the yeah, Flyers was... the Flyers bring Barubi on to their bench.
1: I mean it, big One L, L on the ass crew wouldn't give a beat then.
0: It would not. There would still be plenty of ass.
1: Would it be more ass with yo or Baruby? Yes. Oh all right. There there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what are some other, Oh, uh, make is week to week with a class case of the LBI. Gabriel Landeskog is out indefinitely with the horrendous case. Of LBI, uh, Austin Austin's placed on LTIR with a knee injury. Alexander Texier out two to four weeks with a knee injury. He suffered it against the flyers. Brian Murray out three to four weeks with a broken hand. Also suffered against the flyers. Sonny Milano was also hurt in the flyers loss. I just, I'm laughing because they, the blue, it was a rough Saturday night for the blue jackets is all. The Flyers uh,
0: just kicked their ass, bro.
1: He annihilated them physically and mentally. Yeah, it was just a rough night. Uh, J- Josh Archibald is week to week with a foot injury. Connor Carrick is out four to six weeks. He had surgery on his broken right pinky finger. That's a callback to the Flyers forecast for all you uh, Flyers forecast heads out there. Uh, Matt Martin and Tom Koonackle both out four to six weeks with dangerous cases of LBIs. Uh, Mark Letestu will be out at least six weeks for the Jets because of myocarditis an inflammation of the heart muscle i'm gonna level with everybody if my heart's getting inflammated <laughs> by the way that's a that's a real word i'm not i think i'm done playing hockey like if they think my heart could be inflamed again because of physical activity i think i'm just i think i'm just gonna sit it out
0: you know it's i mean on it a life
1: yeah it's mark let too. like you've played hockey long enough i know nobody still knows who you are but you've been doing it a while like you can stop uh, and then Mason Avelton, going back to the this is totally a real person thing, is out at least a month with a broken foot for the Jets. And then Dustin Bufflin, who still wasn't playing hockey, um, had ankle surgery last week and will be recovering into the new year, according to Elliott Freeman. USA Hockey has increased punishment for racial and derogatory slurs. Players will now receive a match penalty disqualification from the game and suspended indefinitely if it's been confirmed they. Used such slurs. Former Toronto GM and league executive Jim Gregory passed away at 83 on Wednesday. He was a uh, lease GM from 1969 to 1979. Uh, and he, he was famous for signing uh, Boya Salming, one of the first Europe, European players to come over and play in the NHL. Uh, and then the last but not least, well, this is not really around the league. I was just, I want to see if you want to talk about this. You want to talk about the Andres Sveshnikov goal? Do you see that thing? Sure.
0: Uh, let's talk about it.
1: Uh, he finally pulled off the Michigan goal. He was the first guy to score the Michigan goal in the NHL. Uh, Giroux tried it last year. Matthew Strome did it in the o- OHL like two years ago. And then, according to the internet, nobody had successfully pulled it off in the NHL yet. Um,
0: oh, but- yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- th- guys always try to pull this off. So, yeah. No, I did see it. Yeah. It took me a second. But, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. It's uh, And it's – I was going to say, what are you? I saw some people – very small group of people, by the way, complaining complaining that they feel like that goal isn't hockey. What are your it's thoughts?
0: It's on that? a stick, and it went in the net. It looks like hockey to me. I feel yeah. Honestly, I feel like, like more impressive because uh, to balance the stick like that. And again, guys have tried that.
1: And yeah, guys try it all the time. Yeah,
0: really tough. It it's very different than a lacrosse stick where you've got an actual net holding the ball in there that you can just jam past the goalie with the giant Garth snow style shoulder pads, but yeah. no, it's, it, it's an awesome goal. Like it's very impressive. Yeah. He just dunks it. It's cool. Do it. Yeah. I love it.
1: I feel like, yeah. Cause I feel like I kind of get the point of it, but it's not something that like, like we just, this is the it's first not time. My definitely... hockey.
0: Not my <laughs> hockey.
1: Yeah, just do your job, Andre Sveshnikov. Just go score goals, all right. But do it in a way that isn't fun. That's what I want to. But act I uh,
0: in like there act like you've been there.
1: <laughs> I kind of I would get that argument if it was something that was like starting to happen all the time. It's just nobody is successful doing it, so I don't think it, it's not something that's like altering the way you play the sport and like the league needs to address. Like, but, like that whole like Jim Brown when he used to play lacrosse, apparently used to put. Will get the ball, put the stick against his ch- uh, chest, and then just plow over people before he's caught. Like, I get I, that's changing the face of lacrosse. Like, I would get changing that rule, but like, there's no, I don't think you need to put a rule in place for this shit. Nobody can do it.
0: By the way, is that the name of this episode, Changing the Face of Lacrosse?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excellent. I say it is. It's that or, um, where are you at now? More in Mafia or I don't, I don't
0: know. No, no, I think changing the face of lacrosse. It is. I think okay. changing the face I, of noting the it now. Yeah. Consider it done. All
1: right, so there you go. Listeners a little bit of behind the scenes there. A little BTS coming at you.
0: Well, that's all we got. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca.eu. I can't think of any more. You can find Craig at Sports Are Bad. Craig, what are you working on for Broad Street Hockey?
1: Well, th- uh, tomorrow, should have the line-by-line line out, both the podcast and the uh, the article, and then Monday, look for the Flyers forecast again. I am, I will say, I am considering, uh, I'm considering not doing the line-by-line, line, but still putting out the same info, because I feel like just the way I'm doing it now, I'm still not getting out all the shit I want to get out, all the stuff I want to get out. Big uh, they should. Yeah, I can say, I guess I can say This podcast. Yeah,
0: we're allowed to curse except for the toddlers that listen to us, as we know, but everybody else is above the age of 18. It's been verified,
1: which any kids out there listening, let me know. So, and I'll give you, I I got nothing anyway. There's (laughs) a, I was going to say like, I'll I'll give you a shout out at a bar or something, but I was going to make a joke about them drinking, but then, you know, that's not really. The best joke
0: ever. <laughs> By a child-sized child size whiskey.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, but I'm thinking about... Uh, I still want to go back and rewatch everything and write about it, but I feel like I'm not getting the most out with the line-by-line stuff. So I'm thinking I might still do a line-by-line article where I just put all the stats and information in, and then also go back, rewatch and then write articles about breaking down like plays like that on a more common occurrence rather than once a week all clumped together. So we'll see uh we'll see how I'm feeling about that. <laughs> okay. But that's it. That's it. That's all I got. And I'll we'll yeah. see
0: we'll see how Craig's feeling about it. That's we'll see okay. how
1: Craig's feeling about that later on for something you'll find out about at a later date. So that's it's good I got it all out there though, you know? It is good you got it all out there. Yeah I said words.
0: You did say words. Uh, (laughs) You can follow me at FlyPurbole or at Bomb, but make it FlyPurbole for all of your hockey needs. Follow BSH Radio, follow Broad Street Hockey, like Broad Street Hockey on Facebook, and be sure to subscribe, rate, review, all of that good stuff. And listen to Flyers Forecast, our new weekly preview show. It is about a quarter of the time it takes to listen to a FlyPurbole, so if you want to hear our wonderful voices and hear them for a much shorter more controlled period of time. Flyers forecast is the show to listen to. And of course, I also would like to give a shout out to our other new show, the BSH brief. Kelly Henkel is wrapping up your flyers week. So at the end of the week, BSH brief beginning of the week flyers forecast. We got a nice little flyer sandwich for you guys. All that tangy tent. I'm Steve. This is Craig. We're done in the words of the great Gene Hart. Good night and good hockey.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Fly Pervely. It is a podcast about hockey. Mostly the Flyers, but also other, other hockey things. things like, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve! But not Steve, Hartnell, and Craig! But not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah!